Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Well, good morning, church. I hope and pray this message, you know, this word of God, is going to give you the new and fresh sets of the words of hope and encouragement in your life and whatever that you are going through right now. You know, we are in part two of a brand new message series that I entitled Emmanuel, God with us. What an amazing praise. What an amazing words. In fact, would you say that with me? Emmanuel, God with us. And what we've been doing is that we've been looking at the different ways that we can encounter and experience the presence of God as we are going through or walking in the very different difficult seasons in our lives. We look at last week, though, uh, about how we can experience the presence of God in the valley. Everybody says, in the valley. We talk about the truth that we often enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we can truly experience we can deeply experience his intimacy, his intimate presence when we are in the valley. We also learn that even we are in the valleys, that is not our final destination. We are on journey. We are on pilgrimage. And our final destination is a new Jerusalem, the kingdom of God, the place and the mission that God has in store for us. So we're just passing by. And every single step of you are passing by in the valley, God is always with you. We also learn that the same God that is good on the mountaintops is good to us when we are in the valley. Amen. Today, uh, I want to also give you another word or the metaphor to describe difficult seasons of our life. We talked about that. The valley experience. Today, we're going to talk about when we are in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is a deserted place. Wilderness, and you cannot survive or do anything with your own strength, with your own knowledge, with your own intellectual capacity. Wilderness time, sometimes it lasts very long comparing to your valley experience. And a lot of times when you are in the wilderness, you're getting tired of that. Time. And many of you have experienced that. You feel like that something is not going the way that you are hoping to be going. And you've been waiting and praying patiently, whether it's your relationship with your spouse, whether it's your business, whether it's your own health, whether it's your own financial difficulties. You know, you've been in that circumstance for a long time. You feel like you're stuck in there forever. And now you are getting ready to give up. Lord, I can't take it anymore. I've done enough. That is a wilderness experience. The problem with the wilderness experience comparing to the valley experience, the time in the wilderness usually lasts a lot longer than other struggles and other season, difficult seasons of your life. That's why it's much more difficult. 
You feel lonely. You feel desperate. You feel helpless when you are in the wilderness. Especially those feelings and emotional hurtings feels like a lasting forever. That's how you feel when you are in the wilderness. And also, if you take a look at this perspective of wilderness from the Bible, you find another very interesting perspective or a lesson. Um, a lot of times when you learn the wilderness experience um, comes uh, after the mountaintop moment or experience. In other words, wilderness experience or the time of wilderness follows the time of mountaintop. What do I mean by that? Let me give you just a few examples. Let's talk about Israel people when they are experiencing exodus in the Old Testament. They've been enslaved for the hundreds and hundred years. They've been enslaved to the Egyptian people. They're crying out for their deliverance. God heard their prayers and God sent out his servant and spiritual leader of Israel people whose name is Moses. God using Moses performed this wondrous, perhaps also horrific miracles that we know as the ten plagues. And then when they were out of the Egypt, you know, as Pharaoh said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'll let you guys go. I will, you know, let you guys be free. I'm sure the Israel people experienced this mountaintop moment. And especially when they were passing through this parted Red Sea. I'm sure they experienced God's blessings and they enjoy God's blessing when they are on mountaintop. Can you imagine this about 200, two millions of people, including men and women and, you know, and also whole, you know, people and flocks as well. And their stuff, they're making a whole long and big journey through this parted Red Sea. That is a pinnacle, I believe, of the mountaintop experience for Israel people. And what happened next? Where did they end up? They ended up being in the wilderness. Wilderness experience follows the mountaintop moment or experience. Often, when you take a look at the Bible, another great example is um, Abraham. When Abraham and Sarah experienced the mountaintop moment, when they had the beloved, their son, whose name is Isaac. That was a long-waited period of time, especially when the words of God came to them. They had to wait for about 25 years. And when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 years old, that's when God gave them this beloved son. And on top of that, God promised them he'll fulfill his covenant through this son. They were Definitely experiencing mountaintop moment. And what happened next? God commanded Abraham to sacrifice this son. Perplexed and doubting. And he didn't really get it. What and why and how? That is the wilderness experience. Abraham experienced mountaintop. And immediately after, he went into the wilderness. 
How about our Lord Jesus Christ? I'm sure that he experienced the same example, same experience that Israel people and also the Abraham experienced. He had the mountaintop moment with God right after he was baptized by the John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And literally, heaven opens up and the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of dove. And this father, our heavenly father, and verbally, publicly expressed his love and approval for his son. He says this, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. This is father, our father God saying to his son, Jesus Christ, I am proud of you, my son. You are my son, and I found my joy in you. It was a mountaintop experience. Then the next verse says, Immediate, immediately after Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. Mountaintop followed by the wilderness. That's a lot of times in our life. That's what happens. I'm sure some of you are experiencing that right now. You know, your marriage were great for a long time. You know, there were one moment you experienced mountaintop moment in your marriage relationship. And then things got changed. You know, you found that your spouse is no longer faithful to you. Your spouse is no longer in the love or interest or any, any touch or anything to you. And you don't know how and when. That really didn't go well. It's been so long. You don't know how to figure out. You don't know how to even take the steps to restore your relationship. Your marriage was on the mountaintop. And then right now, you are in this you know, wilderness of your marriage. I'm sure that some of you are experiencing financial wilderness of your life. Especially with this COVID-19 pandemic crisis. You know, I talked to a friend of mine who owned a small restaurant um, right across from Berkeley School of Music in Boston. Uh, when I visited him, and because that's Korean, Korean restaurant and it's really good. Uh, whenever that we visited and before COVID-19, the small restaurant, there are probably about 12 tables, always packed. People are waiting online. And that small restaurant had almost like a dozen of the, you know, the waitress and the chef and all these people are working together. It was making a lot of money. And that was a mountaintop moment upon his life. And what happened after pandemic crisis occurred or COVID-19 outbreak started? I visited last June or July. Um, and when I talked to him and he told me, he said, Pastor, I made this eight-year-long list right before this pandemic crisis. So, uh, you know, I'm stuck here. I can't get out. I cannot break my lease. I'm paying like, uh, you know, seven or eight grand like, every month. But right now, we can't even reopen, reopen our restaurant. We only have very few takeout deliveries. I don't know how long that I'll be able to survive. Perhaps if this lasts for a few more months, I'm done. I had it enough. He was and he is still in this financial wilderness. If you're trying and trying and trying 
to get out of that time of wilderness, and you feel so desperate. You feel so helpless, and you feel so lonely, and whatever you do, it doesn't seem to work. You've tried to tell people how you feel, but they just don't seem to understand. You feel alone, and you feel spiritually dry, and you feel absolutely desperate and helpless. You find yourself in the wilderness. And what I want to do from this, today's scripture, the story of the, one of the prophets who experienced the same wilderness that you and I have or in right now. I hope to teach you this one big thought or a lesson. Let me just give you an advance so that you have this in your mind as you listen to this story. The big thought or big lesson is this. Your deepest needs, as much as it hurts, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend upon God. Remember this, when you feel like you are in the wilderness, when you feel like you are walking in the wilderness, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. In fact, I'm going to show you this from a story found in the Old Testament, where this is lived out in a very real way. Today's scripture is taken from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. I'll be reading it from New International Version. Now Ahab told Zezebel, Everything Elijah has done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Zezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. In other words, this evil queen, actually worse than the you know, evil king Ahab, her husband, she was so mad to know that all her prophet and prophecies got killed. So she sent out this message full of anger, full of wrath. And she pretty much said this, by this time tomorrow, if I don't kill you, my gods will kill me. In other words, I swear to my God and I will surely kill you. Verse 3 says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So he was walking in the wilderness, his state of mind, and he actually went into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I'm sure many of you said this in one point of your life as you are feeling like you were walking in the wilderness. He said this, Prophet Elijah, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals. And a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord 
came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And verse 9, there he went into a cave and spent the night. For this is the word of the Lord. Let me just give you a brief context before or what is happening in this chapter right now. Many of you know Elijah experienced mountaintop moment. You know, he was experiencing mountaintop moment when he was literally on the mountaintop, on the Mount of Camel. Well, he was actually having this fighting, spiritual fighting against, you know, prophet and prophecies of the Baal and Asira. 750 verses 1, only one prophet. Make a long story short. You know, and days, and they were praying and hurting themselves from the prophet and prophecies of the Baal and Asherah. Their God never respond. But when Elijah prayed, fire of God came down on this altar, consumed the sacrifice. Official announcement that I am the living God. And when Elijah experienced the mountaintop moment, and according also following God's command, he killed all those prophets and prophecies. He experienced mountain that moment. God's presence, God's providence, and God's mighty power was upon him. He was able to see with his own very eyes when he was asking to him. What an amazing mountaintop experience. What happened to him next? After he found out this evil queen, Zezebel, trying to kill him. And when he received the word, and I will kill you. By tomorrow this time. He was afraid. He ran for about 100 miles. And he got to this town in Judah called Receva. Where he left his servant. And he walked into a wilderness for a day. He was desperate. He was scared and afraid. And he found this little tiny bush. That is called the broom bush. You know. In, in, in Israel, this brumbus, somebody is actually lying and trying to, um, trying to find some shade. And during this hot and scorching hot days, that is also uh, representing that someone who is in very desperate circumstances. Because here's the reason why. The brumbus is not big. It's not a huge tree. It's small, like dumble bush. So that means it doesn't provide much shadows. Under that bush. But this person, the traveler, or the journey, who's on journey on that desert, in the wilderness, so desperate. That's why trying to find a little tiny shade there and lying down. Can you, can you, can you picture it, right? That's where Elijah was. He was lying down, little tiny shade of this broom bush, and asking God to kill him, or rather die. And he said this, Lord, I had enough. I can't take it anymore. I'd rather be dying. Have you had that experience in your life? When you feel like you're walking in the you know, wilderness? You've done what you could. You had not even one single energy left. 
All your monies and funds are run out, and you just don't know how to resolve the problem that you are in. And you said to God, Lord, I'd rather just die. I've done enough. I'm spent. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I can't even take the one single step anymore. I'm sure many of you had that experience. The same way that Elijah. Think about that. Elijah is a prophet. So he's a spiritual guy. And he experienced the mountaintop moment that God provides his mighty power, his mighty providence. And also his mighty, literally showing of who God is. He experienced that moment. The next moment when he was going through some difficult time. The spiritual prophet said, I'd rather die. You know, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I find it really encouraging, though, because we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be um, acting or pretending that, you know what, because of I'm spiritual men and women, oh, you know, I cannot show my weak side to God or this weakness, weak point to our Lord. It's okay. One lesson that I learned, I hope you learned that as well, when we are walking in the wilderness, when we feel like we want to give up, when we feel like we, want, we cannot take not even one single more step, it's okay to express your desperation, your loneliness, your helplessness, and your, your just moment of breakdown to the Lord. That is the very best way. Just asking God and crying out to Him and just, just pleading God, just help you. That's what Elijah did. And what happened afterwards? When he was falling asleep, and verse 5 and 6 says this, God sent his angel. And he wake him up and said, get up and eat. So Elijah woke up and found out there is a baked bread and also a jar of water. He drank and he ate and he fell asleep again. And then there is also another point. Verse 7, angel of the Lord appear again. Second time. And wake him up. Said, get up and eat. For you have too much on your journey. When I was reading it and also understanding and contemplating it, I found it great in words of encouragement. For those who are feeling like you are walking in the wilderness right now, you want to give up on your life. You said, I had enough. I cannot take any further step. And here is what God is doing. Okay? And then let me tell you what I love about is what God is not doing when you are in the walk, you know, when you are walking in the wilderness. That's what happened to Prophet Elijah. This is what God doesn't do to him. God doesn't preach to him. By scolding or rebuking or trying to discipline him, you know, by saying, how many times I show him my miracle? You saw my almighty power. You little man of little faith. It's your fault. Why can't you, you know, keep your own faith after you experience so many presence and experience of me, mighty God? You know what? I'm done with you. Goodbye. I don't care. What's going to happen to your life? That's not what God doesn't do. No. God came to him and embraced him through his angel. And he fed him and he provided him the drink and also gave him to sleep. 
God feed and also God give him rest. That's what God is doing. As you are going through a difficult time that you cannot take this anymore, that you're asking God, Lord, I'd rather be done. And God is not scolding you. God is not mad at you. I want you to know this. God, who is our Abba Father, who is full of love and grace and mercy, He's going to embrace you and provide you the things that you need, especially physical well-being and restoration. He will provide you and He will say, eat and rest. He said, why don't you find your time of resting in my presence? Why don't you find the time of strengthening as I am the God, Jehovah Jireh, to provide your needs? And also what I like about this passage, God not only showed up through angel once, but he also showed up twice. And he continuously showing up afterwards when he went to Mount Horeb, the, God, the mountain of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't get it when God speaks to me or God, you know, give you words of comfort first time, okay? But God is not telling you that, you know what, here's the words of comfort. Here is a miracle of restoration. If you miss it, too bad, and I'm just going to move on. No, God is God and who is pursuing, always and endlessly pursuing and reaching out to you. His presence is always pursuing to you, saying that if you miss the first time, that's okay. I'll come next time. You know, I'll come the third time. I'll come another time. God is always reaching out to you. God is always just ready to embrace you with his mighty power, with his amazing presence. That's what happened to prophet Elijah. What happened after he got fed twice, after he got enough sleep, he was fully recharged. He was fully restored in his physical, emotional state of his heart. So what happened according to the scripture? He went 40 days and 40 nights. That explains how, how much strength he was able to restore, right? 40 days and 40 nights without much of sleep, without much of resting. He was making this journey to the Mount Horeb. The Mount, that time, believed that not many people believe that God's presence is over that. That's what happened. Many of you are going through difficult times right now. You wanted to perhaps just and your life that can't take any more. I want you to be, remember this. God is coming to you. God is embracing you. Not only once, not only twice. Until that you get it. Until that you experience his presence. To the point that you'll be able to fully restore and rejuvenate by his presence, by his power. And what I like about you know, the passage that we, we, we didn't read. But that following passage, verse 11 through over 20s. Um, verse 11 and 12, this is how God appeared to prophet Elijah. I want you to know the sequence. You know, his, his body, his emotion was restored. Now that God is restoring his spirit. You see that? When you are going through difficult times, especially spiritual difficult times, you have to evaluate your day-to-day -day life, your health, and your, your emotional health. Okay? And then after that, God appeared to him to ready to restore his spirit and ready to bless him. What I really like about here in verse 11 and 12, God did not appear in the strong wind. God did not appear in the raising or the groom, you know, the, this, this, this earthquake. God did not appear 
in the midst of this raging fire where God did appear to him. God appeared in a gentle whisper. God was in a gentle whisper. Why is that when life is so difficult, God's voice is so quiet? Ever wonder that? Why is that when we feel like we're walking in the wilderness, why he's so gentle? Why his voice is still so small? If God wants to hear us, right? If God wants to hear, if God wants us to hear him, why does he whisper? Why doesn't he shout? Why doesn't he speak loudly or powerfully? I'll tell you why. God whispers during our difficult time because God's presence is so close. Amen? God doesn't have to yell or shout or speak loudly because he's right next to you. He doesn't have to. And get this, the devil shouts with his lies, but God whispered with his truth and love. Amen. Evil spirit, the devil shout out and yell with his lies. But God doesn't have to do that because he is right next to you. He is so close. He is so near to your broken hearted. So he doesn't have to make this loud and powerful noise voice. His voice was in whisper. Amen. What an amazing, amazing words of encouragement. God doesn't shout out to get your attention. He whispers to draw you close. And what God is telling you right next to you as he is whispering, he says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have been with you every single moment of your life. And I love you more than you can imagine. When you hurt, God says, I hurt with you. I am with you in the valley. I am with you in the wilderness. I am with you in the midst of your storm. Why does God whisper? He whispers because he is right there with you. Your deepest, deepest moment of need or in your most trouble trial times of your life he's right next to you he's close so he doesn't have to make a loud voice listen my brothers and sisters in christ if you feel like you are in the wilderness your heart is hurting right now and you feel broken hearted where is god let me tell you where he is again with the scripture psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, amen, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Where God is, as you are in the walking, in, you know, walking through this wilderness, Lord is close. Lord is right next to you. Let me read it again, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Why does God whisper? Because he is close, because he is near, because he is with you. My brothers and sisters, I want you to get this clearly. You can experience God's blessings. You can enjoy God's blessings when you're on mountaintop. But when you are in the valley, and when you are in the wilderness, that's when you can really experience God's intimate presence. 
that will lead you and help you to know him deeper and more in your life. That's why I said your deepest needs becomes a gift often when you are in the wilderness, when it drives you to depend on God. When your deepest needs or trials can be a gift, can be a blessing when it drives you to depend upon God. Amen and amen. I'll end my sermon on this way. We enjoy God on mountaintop. We'll really get to know him intimately when you are in the wilderness. When you are wandering in the wilderness and we feel like nobody understands, our God understands. We feel like nobody cares, our God cares. We feel like nobody knows what you're going through, our God knows, amen. He's always good. He wasn't in the brooming earthquake. He wasn't in the rushing wind. He wasn't in the raising fire. Where was he? Where is he as you are in this wilderness experience right now? He was and he is, he will be in the whisper. Because our God, who is always closed, who is always within us, His presence is always surrounding us. And that's why when you are going through a difficult time, I want you to hold on to this word, Emmanuel. God with you and God with us. Emmanuel is not just the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also the name of our God. Because that's how He's been taking after you, how he's been taking care of you, how he's been pour his love, how he's been caring for your brokenhearted, how he's been always, always embracing you through his name, Emmanuel. He was, he is, he will be with you forever and ever. Let's pray. Our Father God, even though we feel like we are in the wilderness, we never gave up. Because we know the presence of God is always within us. Not only he's embracing us and provide us in strength and the spirit of restoration. He's constantly reaching out to us and always checking us and visiting us twice and three times and more. And, and most importantly, he is whispering to us because he's so near. He's always around us. So may we find the great words of encouragement as we just understood about the true presence of God, even though we feel like we are in the wilderness. The same way Eliza was, over, was able to overcome and experience great trial, become the great hands and feet of our God. Lord, may you use us, strengthen us to overcome our wilderness experience so that we can be used as your great vessel and tool. We pray for all in our Lord Jesus Christ, Savior's name. Amen. Amen.